Um, also, while things are kind of moving here, if you need a Bible, I want to invite you to get one from the back. If you don't have one, si tienen, necesitan Biblias, hay Biblias de atrás, atrás ahí. And I want to kind of give you a heads up on where we're going to be going here in just a few minutes. I'm going to be reading in a couple of minutes here from the Old Testament book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 7, beginning at verse 9. Uh, you can start looking for that. It's in the first half of the Bible. Daniel 7, versículo 9, comenzando con el 9, es el texto de hoy. And so uh, you'll be ready to go when we get there. So... Uh, it's a growing trend, I guess you could say, that I've noticed probably over the last mm, 10 years or so. could be longer. I don't know. Es una tendencia que he notado. And I first noticed it in a series of commercials for a certain prescription product for couples. <clears throat> That's all I'll say about it, okay? And this commercial, en un producto para Parejas, note esto. In this commercial, you have a couple and they're in two bathtubs. Okay, you get the scene, right? Hay una pareja en dos bañeras. And these bathtubs are by the beach. Okay, están en la playa. And you're thinking, that's weird, right? That's strange, bathtubs by the beach. Well, and then, you know, other commercials for this product, you've got these two bathtubs in other places. You've got two bathtubs in a meadow or two bathtubs in the woods or two bathtubs by a pond. You know what I'm talking about. En otros anuncios, las bañeras están en un prado o en un bosque, así. That's where I first started to notice this growing trend. But after that, it just seemed like I was noticing more photos of indoor furniture in outdoor places popping up everywhere. Right? Hay fotos de, de muebles interiores en lugares exteriores por todos lados. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You've seen it. You know, sofas in a field, sofás en un prado, en un campo, or perhaps desks in a forest, escritores en el bosque, or even beds in the desert, camas en el desierto. Do you get the idea? Captain la idea? Well, I'm telling you, I don't. I don't get the idea. I'm sorry. I mean, maybe it's an attempt to be artistic, you know. A lo mejor es un esfuerzo para ser artístico. Or maybe it's just an attempt to grab our attention with something shocking. O es para captar la atención. Or, or perhaps we're supposed to look at photos like this and we're supposed to see some, you know, deeper symbolism going on. O a lo mejor hay un simbolismo más profundo. But I'm just telling you, I don't get it. Okay, it just, it just seems to me like it's, it's being strange for the sake of being strange. Parece ser extraño por ser extraño. Now, I'm not against strange. In fact, I think that there are times when things can be strange for a reason. And when things are strange for a reason, I think that can be very powerful. Cuando algo es extraño por un pretexto, una razón, es algo poderoso. And I think that is the case when we come to our scripture reading today, which I referenced earlier from Daniel chapter 7, verse 9. I want to get you there. Vamos a mirar Daniel capítulo 7, versículo 9. Because what we have here in Daniel 7 is we, we have in these uh, verses a slice, a part of a larger vision that God gave to the prophet Daniel. Es parte de una visión más larga que grande que Dios dio a Daniel. And it is strange 
We're going to find this out as we read this. But, but my hope is this, that as we begin to kind of unpack a little bit what's going on here in these verses, that we'll find that this is strange for a reason and that there is actually a very powerful message here. There's a powerful word from God that, that he has for us and that can apply to our lives today. Aunque es extraño, si podemos desempacar eso, hay un mensaje poderoso. So Daniel sets the scene here in uh, Daniel 7, verse 9. Describe el escenario, Daniel. He says, as I looked, thrones were set in place and the ancient of days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. 10,000 times, 10,000 stood before him. The court was seated and the books were open. Mientras yo observaba eso, se colocaron unos tronos y tomó asiento el venerable, un venerable anciano. Su ropa era blanca como la nieve y su cabello blanco como la lana. Su trono con sus ruedas entellaban como el fuego. De su presencia brotaba un torrente de fuego. Miles y millares le servían, centenares de miles lo atendían. Al iniciarse el juicio, los libros fueron abiertos. So, What's going on here? Well, verse 9 simply says that some thrones were set up in place and the ancient of days took his seat. Se colocaron unos tronos y tomó asiento un venerable anciano. And then it goes on to describe what this is like. This ancient of days is this figure who is brilliant. He's, he's shining like light, uh, like, like uh, white. Everything's white and there's fire all over the place. El anciano es como refulgente de luz and, and the, there's like this whole scene where the throne has wheels. It's portable. And there's a whole river of fire coming out. El trono es portátil, tiene ruedas y hay fuego, un torrente de fuego. And then there's all these people thousands tens of thousands and they're standing before the throne now in ancient times you need to understand that to stand was a symbol of of serving a symbol of saying i'm here to serve hay miles que están de pies eh, ante el trono and the ancient of days he sits down el venerable anciano se sienta what is that a symbol of that's a symbol of power of being in charge él está a cargo. In fact, this whole scene, the image here is talking about God. God is the ancient of days. And, and this is talking about God's power, his authority, his rule. Se trata de su autoridad, poder y reino. And, and God is going to judge. It's a scene of judgment where God is looking at the world and he's going to put everything right. Es una escena, un escenario de juicio. Now, there's a question we need to think about, and it's this. Where are these thrones set up? It says that the thrones are set up. ¿Dónde se colocan esos tronos? From the context and from what Bible uh, uh, scholars would say, these thrones that are set in place for the ancient of days, these thrones are set up on the earth. Están colocados en la tierra. So get this. We have thrones, the furniture of heaven being set up in all places on the earth. Los muebles del cielo están en la tierra. It's like bathtubs on the beach. 
It's strange. It's different. Son como bañeras en la playa. But then if we just go a couple verses down to Daniel 7.13, here we find something else strange going on that I want to read for you. Versículo 13, algo más extraño. Daniel says, in my vision at night, I looked and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. En esa visión nocturna vi alguien con aspecto humano, como hijo de hombre, que venía entre las nubes del cielo. Se acercó al venerable anciano y fue llevado a su presencia, y se le dio autoridad, poder y majestad. Todos los pueblos, naciones y lenguas lo adoraron. Su dominio es un dominio eterno que no pasará y su reino jamás será destruido. So, this talks about this human-like figure, one like a son of man. Hay una figura humana. This human being, and he comes on the clouds of heaven before God, the ancient of days, who's seating, uh, seated seated on his throne. Este hijo de hombre, ese ser humano viene en las nubes del cielo ante de Dios en su trono. Now there's something we need to think about here. God, the ancient of days, who supposedly is from heaven, is seated on the earth with his throne. Dios del cielo está sentado en la tierra en su trono. And this human being who's supposedly from the earth comes with the clouds of heaven. In other words, he's coming from God's dwelling place. What's going on here? Este ser humano viene de las nubes del cielo, del, del lugar de Dios. And then something else happens. It says here that, that when this being, this, this one like a son of man, approaches God, the ancient of days, basically, in a sense, he hands over to this one everything. He hands over authority, sovereign power, He gives him over the reign of everything. Le da autoridad a este hijo de hombre, autoridad y poder. And then it says all the nations, all the peoples bow down and they worship the human being. They worship this one like the son of man. Wait a minute, that's what only God is deserving of. What's going on here? Y todas las naciones adoran a este ser humano. ¿Qué pasa? It's strange, isn't it? Well, we get a clue, I think, from another scripture that I want to highlight that is very important and relevant to what we're talking about. It's from Psalm number 110, verse 1. El Salmo 111 nos da un indicio. This is part of a psalm written by King David, who is the great king of Israel. Es escrito por David, rey de Israel. And this is what it says. The Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Así dijo el Señor a mi Señor, siéntate a mi derecha hasta que ponga a tus enemigos por estrado de tus pies. Okay. Strange furniture in a strange place. All right. So, why is this verse significant? There are two reasons. This verse is significant. First of all, let's, let's recap it. David says that the Lord, 
that's God, says to his Lord, sit here at my right hand. El Señor Dios dice al Señor de David, siéntate a mi derecha. In other words, sit with me on the throne. There are thrones there. Sit with me and take my authority. Take my power. Take my rule until I put all your enemies under your feet. Siéntate a mi derecha y toma mi autoridad hasta que yo ponga los enemigos por estrado de tus pies. You know what that sounds a lot like? It sounds like the scene we just read about from Daniel chapter 7. It's a description of what we're seeing in Daniel chapter 7. Es una descripción de lo que vemos en Daniel capítulo 7. God handing over authority, power, rule to someone else. But there's a second reason that this verse is significant, and there's no way you would know this, but, but this is what I've discovered. This verse, Psalm 110 verse 1, is the most quoted Old Testament verse in the entire New Testament. Este es el versículo del Antiguo Testamento citado más en el, en el Nuevo Testamento. So let me, let me say that again. This is the verse, the one verse of the Bible written before Jesus that is quoted more in the Bible written after Jesus, the most. Este versículo escrito antes de Jesús que es citado después de Jesús. Now why in the world would this verse cherry picked out of the Psalms be the most quoted New Testament in the New Testament from the Old Testament why would that be ¿Por qué sería el versículo más citado? well the simple answer is because you see David's Lord the one who sits on the throne, the one who sits at the right hand of God and takes all his power and his authority, David's Lord is our Lord. El Señor de David es nuestro Señor. The Son of Man, in Daniel chapter 7, the Son of Man who inherits from God all the power, all the authority, all the rule over all things, who is worthy of all worship, that son of man is also the son of God. This is talking about Jesus, God in the flesh. El hijo del hombre que hereda todo es el hijo de Dios, Jesús, Dios hecho hombre. I want to take you to another scripture that will help us with this. It's in Mark chapter 14. Marcos capítulo 14. This is something that happened the night of Jesus' arrest before he goes to the cross. La noche que fue arrestado Jesús, Marcos 14. He's asked a question point blank by the high priest. Are you the Christ? Are you the son of the blessed one? That's in Mark 14, 61. El sumo sacerdote le pregunta, él es el Cristo, el Hijo del Bendito. In other words, are you the anointed, appointed son of God, the king that's supposed to rule in the line of David? And here's the answer that Jesus gives in Mark 14, 62. En versículo 62 responde Jesús. He says simply, I am. Yo soy. Now that's not just Jesus saying, yep, that's me. I am is the divine name of God. Yo soy es el nombre de Dios. Jesus is tipping his hat here and saying, I am. 
I am the son of the blessed one, yes, but I am God. Yo soy el hijo del bendito, pero yo soy Dios. And then he goes on to say this, and you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the mighty one and coming on the clouds of heaven. Y ustedes verán al hijo del hombre sentado a la derecha del todo poderoso y viniendo en las nubes del cielo. Jesus is saying, I am the son of man who's come on the clouds. I'm that guy from Daniel 7. I've come this time and I'm going to come again on the clouds of heaven to judge the earth and to rule over everything. Yo he venido como hijo de Dios y voy a venir como hijo del hombre para juzgar la tierra y reinar sobre todo. I am the one that's going to sit at the right hand of God. So what Daniel is pointing to, what David is pointing to, what Jesus is pointing to is all the same thing. Lo que señala Daniel, David y Jesús es lo mismo. That it is God's express plan. It is his intention and his purpose to set up the furniture of heaven on earth. That's God's plan. And his plan is to do that through the Son of Man who is also the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Ese plan de Dios establecer los muebles del cielo en la tierra por medio de Jesús. And you could argue that everything in this book, everything from the first chapter to the last chapter, todo el primero al fin, from Genesis chapter 1, which is the first chapter of the Bible, to Revelation chapter 22 at the end, everything from beginning to end in the Bible is all about that. That's what it's about. It's about God's kingdom coming and his will being done completely and perfectly through the reign of Jesus Christ, the Son of Man. Se trata de que el reino de Dios viene en Jesucristo, el Hijo del Hombre. God's rule, God's reign, God's reality. God coming and perfectly determining and directing and permeating everything and everyone and making everything the way it's supposed to be forever and ever and ever and ever. That's the plan. Dios permeando todo y dirigiendo todo como debe ser para siempre. Ese es el plan. Now here's what we find. Many are going to resist that plan. Many are going to rebel against that plan and reject it. Hay muchos que van a rechazar ese plan y resistirlo. And the scriptures tell us they will not enter into the blessing of this promised kingdom. They'll be on the outside. They will be in the outer darkness, as Jesus said. Muchos van a resistir y estarán fuera de este reino y su bendición. But make no mistake about it. It's God's intent. It's God's purpose through this plan. It is his desire to make everything the way it's supposed to be. And that there will be an opportunity. And his heart is that as many people as possible, from every tongue, every tribe, every nation, thousands upon thousands, they will be able to stand before the throne of God and enter into this blessed kingdom through his son Jesus. Habrá miles de toda lengua y toda nación que van a entrar en este reino por medio de Jesús. And that's why in, in Mark 1.15, when Jesus began this three-year ministry, in Mark 1.15, he said something very 
important. En Marcos 1.15 Jesús dice algo importante. He said this. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Se ha cumplido el tiempo. El reino de Dios está cerca. Arrepiéntanse y crean las buenas noticias. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent. Give up rebelling. Embrace the good news. Embrace the kingdom that's personified in me. Arrepiéntanse. Dejen su rebelión y abracen el reino de Dios en mí. So God wants to set up the furniture of heaven, his throne, in the strangest places on earth. And he wants to do that until ultimately God and his people are joined together in a new heaven and a new earth where God reigns supreme forever and ever. Dios quiere establecer los muebles extraños de la, de la, del cielo en la tierra hasta que él reine con su pueblo para siempre. And so what does God do? He sends the Son of God to earth to become the son of man. His son becomes a human being. El envía su hijo, hijo de Dios, para ser hijo de hombre. And what we see in Jesus then, when Jesus comes, it's like an outpost of the kingdom of God on earth. It's the breaking through of God's kingdom. Jesús es como la embajada del reino de Dios. And he begins to do stuff that shows the way it's supposed to be. He teaches the total truth, the perfect truth of God. He heals the sick. He defeats demons. He confronts lies and hypocrisy. He makes everything around him the way it should be. Él enseña la verdad de Dios, derrota demonios, sana los enfermos, enfrenta mentiras e hipocresías. That's what Jesus does. And then the king ascends to his throne. Después asciende a su trono. He goes on his throne wearing a crown of thorns. And his throne is a cross. Asciende al trono con una corona de espinas y muere en una cruz. Jesus sets up his throne on earth through a cross. And on that cross, he defeats every single enemy. God defeats all of the enemies of sin and hell and Satan and death, and he puts them under Jesus' feet by his death on the cross. That's a strange thing. Dios derrota a los enemigos del pecado, la muerte, el infierno, Satanás en la cruz. The cross is Jesus' throne. It's strange furniture for a king. Es un mueble extraño para un rey. Have you ever thought about it? We have some strange furniture right in this building. We have the Romans' number one torture instrument hanging up on our wall. That's pretty strange. That's worse than a bathtub on the beach or a sofa in a meadow, right? Tenemos instrumento de la tortura aquí en nuestra iglesia. But you see, through that, the kingdom begins to expand. The reign of God begins to expand. What do we see through Jesus' death and then through his resurrection? God has this growing trend in the world. There's a growing trend for God to set up strange, his strange furniture in, in, in other places. 
the, the furniture of the kingdom of God. Dios empieza a expandir su reino y poner su trono. God puts his throne, he sets up his throne in a strange place. He sets up his throne in the heart of a, of a rough fisherman named Peter. Pone su trono en corazón de Pedro, un pescador bruto. He sets up his throne in the heart of, a, of an angry young teacher named Paul. Weird place. Pone su trono en corazón de Pablo. And, and it begins to expand out and, and God starts to set up the throne of Jesus Christ in this community of Jewish and Gentile Christians coming together in this thing called the church, slave and free and rich and poor, and all ethnic groups coming together in the church. It's a strange place, but that's where Jesus begins to set up his throne. Pone su trono en la iglesia, esta mezcla de judíos, gentiles, esclavos y libres, pobres y ricos. And you see, this is the plan of God. The plan of God is still going on today and it's his plan to set up his throne in the strange places of the earth. And he wants to put his throne in strange places like Tulare and like Visalia and like Central California and like California and like the United States. He wants to put his throne in strange places. He wants to put his throne in people like you and me. Él quiere establecer su trono en lugares extraños como Tulare, Visalia y nosotros. And that brings us to then the theme that I want to present to you this morning as part of our annual meeting. The goal that I, I believe God would have us to pursue as a church in the next year. And it's based on something that Jesus taught us in Luke 11:2, part of the prayer that Jesus taught us. El tema del año se basa en Lucas 11:2, en la oración que nos enseñó Jesús. In Luke 11:2, Jesus says, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Cuando oren, digan, Padre, santificado sea tu nombre, venga tu reino. Your kingdom come. Venga tu reino. Three words, your kingdom come. That's the theme that I believe God would have us as a church, as Sunrise Community Church, to pursue and to grow in and to live in in this coming year, 2022. We spent the last year talking about advancing and growing and moving towards maturity. We've been looking into mature, and that's been good. Hemos madurado. We've gotten some good tools for maturity. And I hope you're using those reshaping tools, but as we grow inward, you see, it's not just meant to go that direction. I believe God wants us to grow outward. And so we need to be praying, your kingdom come. Debemos crecer para fuera y orar, venga tu reino. And as we look for God's kingdom to come and for God's will to be done all around us, there's something else Jesus invites us to do. Hay algo más que Jesús nos invita a hacer. And that's what he says in Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Busquen primeramente el reino de Dios y su justicia y todas estas cosas les serán añadidas. That's an invitation for, for us to make the rule the way of Jesus, a priority over every single area of our life, everything around us. Es hacer el reino de Jesús prioritario en todo. 
Because the reality is Jesus wants to be king of everything in us. He wants his throne in the places of us that we might think are strange. Jesus wants to be king over our, our thoughts and our words and our relationships. Él quiere ser rey sobre las palabras, pensamientos, relaciones. He wants to be king over our work. He wants to be king over our play. Yes, he wants to be king over our sexuality. Yes, he does. Quiere ser rey sobre nuestra sexualidad. He wants to be king over your finances. He wants to be king over your family. He wants to be king over your past, your present, your future. He wants to be king over it all. Él quiere ser rey sobre tu pasado, presente y futuro. That's what he's about. And, and as we seek God's kingdom first and we allow Jesus to set up his throne in all these places in us, it's going to start affecting the environment around us. It's going to start changing things. Al poner su trono en nosotros, afectará todo alrededor de nosotros. So we're going to be learning about the kingdom. There's no way in one year we're going to learn it all or know it all about the kingdom of God. It's just too big. There's just too much to it. We won't get there. No vamos a aprender todo el reino, but that's okay because you see the point is not to know everything about the kingdom. The point is to continually seek the kingdom of God. To look for it. Hay que buscar el reino de Dios. And so that's not only our theme for the year, but it's the prayer I hope we'll have on our lips all year long. And I would like to invite you this week, make that pr your prayer on your lips. Your kingdom come, Jesus. Venga tu reino, Jesús. Espero que esto sea la oración de nosotros esta semana y todo el año. Let's invite the Lord to set up his throne in the unlikely places of our lives and of our world. And then let's be on the lookout for the changes that are going to start to come. Invitemos al Señor a establecer su trono y busquemos los cambios que vendrán. Please pray with me, would you? Oremos. Heavenly Father, there's a lot here to take in, a lot to absorb. Your kingdom is near. And yet, we are nowhere near the complete plan of your kingdom. Not yet. It's now, but it's not yet. Tu reino está aquí, sin embargo, no se ha cumplido ya. Está con nosotros y todavía no ha venido. To seek your kingdom means we're not in charge. So, Lord Jesus, we want to stand before your throne this morning. Nos ponemos de pie ante tu trono, Señor Jesús. Help us as a church to get outside of ourselves this year. Some of us will try to do that on Thursday. It's simple, just a little bit of food sharing with our neighbors a little bit of food. But use that, God. Jesus, you said your kingdom isn't such a thing where people can say, there it is, or nope, here it's at. It's at this place. But it starts within us. 
tu reino es tal que comienza en nosotros Señor Jesús so, Lord Jesus we want to begin by asking that you would move within us show us where you want to rule show us where you want your will to be done more we open the door to that abrimos la puerta thank you for this small community we're just a part we're just a small part of your kingdom we're not the only part we're not the biggest part certainly not the most perfect part but we're a part of it and we thank you for that high privilege gracias por ser una comunidad que es parte de tu reino so come Lord Jesus your kingdom come your will be done now and always que venga tu reino y se haga tu voluntad re Jesús ahora y para siempre and you'll get the glory and the credit for it we praise you and thank you for that privilege of serving in your kingdom and we ask these things in Jesus name lo pedimos en el nombre del Señor Jesús